0: Today we meet in Psalm chapter 70 to chapter 72 And actually we are going to complete the Exodus section of the Psalms When we come to the end of chapter 72 But chapter 70 of the Psalm is actually an urgent cry for deliverance And Psalm 70 has apparently been detached from the end of Chapter 40, where it appears as verses 13 to verse 17. You could almost say those words were taken word for word. Well, perhaps the motive behind this was for separate use in the temple worship, just as one might take part of a hymn today and use it as a chorus. So there is a tremendous note of agency in the psalm. With a total of ten petitions in five verses, David asks simply for deliverance for himself and retribution for his enemies. It is also called a song of remembrance. Now, since it is called a song of remembrance, you might even allude to the fact that this repetition was actually deliberate. Why? Because human memory is so short, I know of myself, that I forget even some of the things that I will have tended to commit to memory, they go off. So when you see this repeat, it is even addressing the human memory that is not very good. And God knew that it would be so. There are some things to remember here. So I think it is also emphasizing the importance of those aspects that were mentioned in chapter 40, and now they are also mentioned in chapter 70. They are important. So here comes this psalm, which is an urgent cry for deliverance. This is the way it begins. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord someone. You see, this is a cry for immediate help. I actually like it. Why do I like it? Sometimes when people are in trouble, it's much easier for people to pick up the phone and call a friend, a family doctor, or the police office on the hotline, or even to call the emergency rescuers to come to a situation. How many of us, first of all, cry out to God? This is agent. When an emergency has hit you, make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O oh Lord. This is wonderful, my friend. But I am poor and needy. Make haste to help me, O oh God. You are my help and my deliverer. O oh Lord, do not delay. Sometimes you have the notion that the fact that we live in an age where we have so many Recourses Where we have so many places to run for help Sometimes we forget to just turn to God The people of old In their time They only had God as their helper Some of us would run to our parents Some of us would even call our associates at work Or even our family friends All of these Some of us trust our bank accounts And not trusting God You see, this psalm calls us to cry out to God for help. To cry out to God for help. And so this man says, I am poor and needy. Make haste, O God. When we realize our poverty, we can only call upon the one who is rich. I fall into that category of the poor and needy people. And He wants me to know that He is my helper and my deliverer. My friend, God is for the poor and the needy. And He is our helper. Even in this day, He is our helper. Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ when He inaugurated His ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He is the God who has a soft spot for the poor for the needy for the oppressed for those who are held captive and he has come to declare the year of liberty the jubilee the year of jubilee the salvation is there ready call upon him we move on to psalm chapter 71 and psalm chapter 71 is a psalm for old age which is very interesting it is clearly the prayer of an elderly man who is threatened by his enemies. You see an elderly person threatened by the enemies. You are elderly, your limbs are feeble, you maybe your sight is not very clear, yet this man calls upon the Lord. Very fitting. Before expressing his petition proper, the psalmist first states a brief introduction to his petition. That's what we see in verse 1 to verse 4. Then he reinforces these words with a marvelous statement of his lifelong trust in the Lord. Verse 5 to verse 8. The impression now is left that the psalmist is actually a mature man of faith who reacts to his troubles with implicit trust in God. His actual petition and lament are now given, actually, in verse 9 to verse 13. It is a prayer for help for himself and judgment for his enemies. He is saying, God help me, but also deal with my enemy. Further, he expresses his confidence in being answered because he knows God will answer. That's what verse 14 to verse 21 deals with in this particular psalm. And finally, he speaks of his consequent praise. Because of all that God will do to deliver him, to help him and deal with his enemies, he praises God. Verse 22 to verse 24 talks about his praises to God. Now, I will look at some of the high points in this particular psalm to emphasize these issues I have raised of Psalm chapter 70. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. You see, as an old man, He remembers that God is the one who led him through his years. And he has now become an old person. But God has been his trust. And so there are those wicked men. There are those unrighteous and cruel men who are after this helpless old man. This poor man cried. This old man cried. And the Lord had him and delivered him from all of his troubles. That is the picture that you see. He prays and he trusts. He prays and he trusts. That is a wonderful thing to do, to pray and to trust in the Lord. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. Isn't this wonderful to know? Strength fails. When you would read even this psalm, you see what the preacher talked about in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. To say, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before evil days come, when you will say, I do not delight in these.'" And then the passage there will continue to describe the characteristics of old age. But what happens in old age, you see, strength Fails. Sight goes dim. Teeth are not in the mouth. Maybe the head has grown gray. And everything is now giving up. Everything is giving up. And this man realizes, Lord God, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails me. You see, this is a good sum. For the senior citizens, it is a good sum for the senior citizens. But I will hope continually. I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all that day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. This is wonderful. You see, this person is an old person, but he says, my hope continually shall be in the Lord. Yet more and more I will praise God. More and more. I will go in the strength of the Lord, even when your strength has gone out. Now this is a very important word. You remember that when uh, Jacob wrestled with God, All along he had been going on in his own strength, and Jacob, when he wrestled with God, God touched him on the hip, and there he actually went away limping. From then on, he was now going not in his own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. Even when he was in Egypt, dying there before he blessed his children, he was now holding on to his staff. Strength has run out, but he is hoping in the lord now notice another definite reference to old age comes now also when i'm old and gray headed oh god do not forsake me until i declare your strength to this generation your power to everyone who is to come this man is amazing He knows he will grow old and he will become gray-headed, but he asks God not to forsake him. But it is for a reason, until I declare your strength to this generation, your power, to everyone who is to come. What is your goal, my friend? If you are a senior citizen, let me say this to you. Don't go into the corner and sit there in a rocking chair just feeling sorry for yourself. God hasn't forsaken you, and right down to your dying days, he has kept you on this earth for a purpose, and that is to declare his strength to this generation, to declare his power to everyone who is to come. Sometimes you meet old people who have nothing but winching and complaining about life, about how life is boring, uh, sitting in that rocking chair. The purpose of life, why God keeps you alive, is to make you declare the strength of God. Find your strength in the Lord. Psalm 71, verse 22 and verse 23 tells, Also with the lute, I will praise you, and your faithfulness, O my God. To you I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul, which you have redeemed. You see, praise and worship is not only for young people. Singing and praising God is not only for those who are in the middle age, but even those who are in their old age. Listen to this psalmist, even in old age, he says, Also with the lute I will praise you. So, it will be wonderful to be in a church where you have a praise and worship team that has all the age groups represented with the elderly or the senior citizens there holding on to their instruments, sitting on the piano playing, or even onto their drum, playing the drum. Why? Giving praise to God. And sometimes on the continent of Africa, in my own country, I have seen old people, senior citizens, Who will be comfortable playing the drum, but not playing the drum for the glory of God, but only when they are appeasing the evil spirits. Play the drum, my brother. Play the drum, my grandfather, my mom, to the praise of God. As we grow old, let's not talk about aches and pains. Let's rejoice in the Lord and sing his praises. The psalmist says, My tongue shall also talk of your righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought to shame who seek my hurt. Psalm 71 verse 24. It's all right to uh, reminisce if we are talking about God's goodness. The psalmist here says, My tongue shall also talk of your righteousness all the day long. So this is a wonderful psalm for us and even for the older folk. We now move on to Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is a special psalm again. Again, that's the psalm that concludes the Exodus section. In this psalm, we see the king and the kingdom who are coming. Psalm 72 is called the Psalm of Solomon. The critics claim that Solomon wrote it, but I don't believe it because The concluding verse says this, The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. This is a psalm of David written for his son Solomon. This psalm is the first of only two ascribed to Solomon. It is a royal psalm that constitutes a prayer for the new king, and the psalm contains a very idealistic tone that could never be realized in a sinful human being. Its aspirations become messianic in nature and point to Christ, who alone can fulfill this ideal kinship. The petitions of the psalm may be summarized as follows. A petition for the king to bring justice in verse 1 to verse 4, and then to bring about prosperity and peace, verse 5 to verse 7, then to increase his own dominion, verse 8 to verse 11 to help the poor and the needy, verse 12 to verse 14, and to bring about in general a golden age, that is verse 15 to verse 17. The psalm then closes the second book of the Psalter with the characteristic doxology. It closes that bit of the exodus section of the psalm with a characteristic doxology from verse 18 to verse 20. This psalm, which concludes uh, what we call the exodus section of the psalm, concludes with the glory of God filling the temple. And this is a prophetic psalm in which the Messiah himself comes and he establishes his glorious kingdom on the earth. Notice that he is the God of righteousness. He is the God of Righteousness. Psalm 72 verse 1 to verse 6 say, Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy. And he will break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear you as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. You see, this is an indirect messianic psalm. The expectations of the righteous king finding their ultimate fulfillment in Christ Jesus, the ideal king and the son of David. Also, verse 7 says, In his days the righteous shall flourish and abundance of peace until the moon is no more. You see, righteousness is the plank in the platform that no political Aspirant or candidate has ever had as far as my understanding of politics is concerned as far as I can tell as far as I have seen righteousness is the plank that no political candidates ever use yet the Lord Jesus Christ will reign in righteousness someday so this Psalm describes his glorious kingdom He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from river to the ends of the earth. Psalm 72, verse 8. You see, this verse is reflected even in Zechariah 9, verse 10. The river denotes the Euphrates. These boundaries, however, ultimately go far beyond any human empire. Psalm 72, verse 17 to 19 tells us, His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. You see, apparently God gave... To David, this great vision of the kingdom and the reign of Christ when the whole earth will be filled with his glory. This is what David had to pray for. You see, he saw what the kingdom would be like. And so the invitation is to all of the redeemed, the remnant, to give praise to God and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. But listen to David. He says, The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. When we came to that word, Amen and Amen. There are 17 Psalms beyond this point that are actually ascribed to David in the superscriptions. So the most probable explanation for this is that the first two books at one time constituted the entire Psalter. But the other three books, which also included Davidic psalms, were incorporated into the Psalter at a later date. So this psalm does not necessarily end the prayers of David as we know the Bible now. But what does David say? He says, my prayers are ended. I am through with praying. What David had prayed for will be realized. He had nothing more to pray for. This is wonderful to see a man who had put his trust in God. And by the way, if David was now praying for his son, also in the type of the the king that he would be, Solomon, that is also fitting to say he has prayed for his son and that his kingdom would be that characterized by the glory of God. When you are saturated in the desire to see the glory of God. And when that happens, the prayers have ended in a beautiful way. Not when man has been exalted, but when God has been glorified. What is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And when your life has fulfilled that mission, your prayers have ended well. May we all end well, even the race that God has given us to run. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620 South Africa.